Uh, we have two special guests. I told you, some outstanding early morning guests. It is a product of their very busy schedule. They have limited time that they could spend with us here at JM and the AM, although I'm getting the feeling now that I may drag things on a bit and force them to stick around for a while. We have Aryeh Frankel. He has been with us before. He's the CEO of Yad Israel. And it says something else here on the note. I'm not quite sure exactly what that is. Oh, actually, it indicates that you're the person sitting next to me. How do you like that, Aryeh? Welcome to the show. Oh, let me turn on your microphone. Limited staff, you know. You have, Absolutely. You have to pray the mics go on also. Not just pray to get it to Israel. you got to pray that the mics actually work as well. And Yair Jablinowitz is here, Director of Client Relations of Yad Yisrael. A pleasure to welcome you here as well. Pleasure to be here. Uh, well, did you think you'd see us this summer? Are you? Did you think that you'd be at some point surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands, like last night, right at Yom NCSY, of 10th and 11th graders and high schoolers from all over the United States? Well, I was definitely praying that I would. <laughs> um, and we, back in September, even in August 2020, we had to make a, a tough decision. It takes about 10, 11 months to plan a summer like this. And uh, we had to decide if we're getting going, if we're going to start working and planning or not. So about a year ago, almost a year ago, we had to make that call and that decision. And we believed that we would see you here this summer, which is why we, we started off and started planning our summer. Take me back a year earlier, or half a year earlier, I guess would be more accurate. I'm assuming that everything was in place for the summer of 2020. And then I would, ha I would have to assume that the vendors and companies that you work with because things, you know, this whole pandemic started relatively late, right, vis-a-vis -vis the summer months. It was Purim, Pesach, right? I would assume they were pretty understanding that everybody, the whole world, hopped the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Then you have to make this decision after the summer of 2020 that you just described. And if I remember the atmosphere around September, October, uh, I'm not so sure people would have said to you at that time that this was the right decision or the sensible decision how many different plans or tiers did you have to implement in order to balance the fact that you might see all these students here in israel and that you might not see all these students here in israel so that's a great question um there's about 140 tour companies in israel that bring groups into israel 139 of them did not open and said there's no chance there's one company, our only company, that got going and everybody thought that we were insane. When we sent out reservations to hotels, they... October some time. Yeah. Some of them did not even respond. And those who responded put a big smiley on, on, the, <laughs> on the response saying, you got to be kidding. You know, what are you talking about? Uh, we had a, our first war was to try and convince them that we want to hold down reservations for the summer and uh, we want to make this summer happen. And it happened. It did. But still... I have to assume that because of the limited number of hotels, that's the feeling I'm getting, that there's a certain percentage of hotels that are simply not open in Israel, right? Correct, right. The limited number of hotels, the way that different attractions and, um, what do you call it, trip locations are handling this whole pandemic thing. Everyone's got their own rules, right? Even they, they take the government's rules and they either you know, add a little or subtract a little. Everyone's got their guidelines. With all of that, you didn't know if all those would open to full capacity with the numbers you need. That's true. I mean, I'm not telling anything you don't know. That's I'm true. just trying to describe to the audience that the whole thought process must have been very frustrating because you had no clue what the real answer was. For, that's, that's correct. That's a very good analysis of, of the situation. For the entire, I, 
for the past year, basically, the rules in Israel have been changing on a regular basis. Yeah. Some would say on a daily basis. Correct. There are times where museums and sites were entirely closed. Mm -hmm. Then there were times where they were open, but you could only bring in 10 people every hour. So every time we made a reservation, according to the rules that day, we got a response. Say, you can come to Yad Vashem, but only three groups per day. Right. So our, our evaluation was one day at a time. Um, we believe that you can't just look at the present, you need to look at the future. We believe if you have a Muna and you say, down the line it's going to be okay, you say, all right, I'm going to take whatever you're going to give me now, just write my name down there in your, your man, in your schedule, and I'm going to be back, I'm going to call you again in two weeks, and when the regulations change again, you're going to allow me to bring in one more group. And that's how myself, our entire team worked this entire year, every time taking whatever we could, we call it the salami system. You slice off a slice until eventually you get the whole salami piece that you were looking for. <laughs> and that's how we've been working all year long. There have been many surprises down the line. A week before some of the groups came in, we got a call from a hotel saying, listen, we're not going to make it. We're closing down our whole food system. We're closing down our dining room. We're not going to be able to serve any food. We thought we'd have more reservations, and we don't have. So either you come here without food or you don't come here. These are the kind of phone calls we got this year. We've never got such phone calls in the past. Right. Okay, so for both of you, yeah. Yair, Arye, yeah. th there has to have been in the last few weeks some episode, if not episodes, where what you just described happened. We had a reservation for 100. The place is now closed. We had a reservation for X number of meals or activity, and we can't service that many. I mean, this is probably – I mean, it had to have happened more than once, no? Absolutely. Um, if I, would, if I, I may add, um, sure. I think that what we do, and we speak about this a lot, is we are in the storytelling business. We tell a story here in Israel. Um, we try to describe it. We try to be an active participant. We don't like to consider the people coming here as tourists or clients. They're active uh, participants here in, the, in this miracle. Um, and what we have done here, we maneuvered from being in the storytelling business to the miracle business. And it's a true miracle <laughs> business, uh, what we've been doing. I mean, everyone here in Israel Destination, uh, starting from REA, um, what he's been doing is, is really outstanding. I mean, I get phone calls every time from friends, from other companies. You guys are crazy. You guys are insane. What are you doing? Um, and it's, it's really rough hearing, hearing the, the, you know, the concerns and, and how are we going to do this? But Arya kept believing. Israel Destination kept believing. NCSY, uh, yeah. or, you know, obviously, believers. everyone, everyone around us. What happened uh, when you called bus companies and said, I want to reserve, you know, 50 buses for, even for last night, for Yom NCSY, you had to have made that reservation at some point, right? We're going to need X number of bus seats to just transport kids to one event. Did they say to you? So actually, bus companies we've been working with for years, we discovered that they sold their, um, their, their buses. They don't have enough buses to deal with. We had to work with different companies. Um, there are definitely a lot of companies out there that are, are really dying for business and literally will do anything to get a reservation while others are saying, listen, we can't handle your request this year. We hope to be back again in a year from now. And our job is to try to figure out solutions to these problems as they come up. Well, those who stayed open, they had a major advantage being affiliated with NCSY or getting a phone call from you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Boy, oh boy, I'll tell you. Um, I've said this, and you heard me actually say it a few minutes ago, but I've been saying this now for, for weeks because I, I don't think, I, I think because of the relationship I have with my listeners, I don't think anybody resents the fact that I had this unbelievable mazel of being able to get into Israel. Um, you do everything in your power 
and, th- and I'm saying this because I think it happened on the NCSY level also. You do everything in your power the correct way to satisfy the government of the state of Israel that, that you are now ready to go and be admitted to the Holy Land. And then you got to sit and pray and you got to pray for a miracle because I did everything. And then at the end, when I finally got on the plane, I said, this is an absolute miracle. It's a nace that I am that I'm here at this point. And I think people need to realize that, that your position is a nace times, what is it, 2,300? It's a nace times thousands of students and staff members. I don't know if anybody can appreciate the level of the miracle of the fact that we are here now. You know, yesterday's Yom NCSY was an attitude of gratitude. We should be living our life like that every day because everything is a miracle, but you can't live your life. You know, it says everybody who says halal every day is doing something wrong. You, gotta, right. you have to have expectations. And, but expectations right now are very, very low. And as you're saying, even if you did everything that you should have done, there's no guarantee that you're going to get an approval, that everything's going to be okay, that everything's going to be set up. And when something works, everybody's clapping and saying thank you, which is actually a great position to be in. And the smiles I'm seeing this year on, on everybody's faces seem to be stronger. And, and the eyes twinkling, uh, the kids who are here on programs, it's always amazing. This year it's amazing, you know double amazing yeah that's for sure well here's the big question of course <laughs> i can't let you go without asking it <laughs> what's going to happen at the end of august <laughs> is, there, is there going to be yet another leap of faith <laughs> that when next summer rolls around we'll be uh, you know as strong and as as ready as ever for another ncsy summer <laughs> you know it's a fantastic question i, I hope your ears going to answer it <laughs> but uh, i'll say i'll say one thing i think that um we were expecting a July 1st for Israel to open up right. and have individual, individuals That was the in. first hopeful date right. we all had, right? Right, and then that was postponed to August 1st. Right. And I think even though we're not in August 1st, we all realize that it's not going to happen in August 1st. And, right. and we're coming to realize that whatever's going on, this is not a short-term process. It's probably longer. Um, and there's something very painful about that, but there's something which is actually gives an opportunity for us to build and plan. Because we realize that if we're going to be living alongside this for a while, then we're going to have to have long-term plans. Instead of being surprised every day about what the new rules are for tomorrow, we're actually building long-term plans that we can deal with. I think that this pandemic is going to be with us for a while. Um, and I think that we will have tourist groups coming in also after August. But, Boy, um, I hope you're right. I hope we're right, I really right hope too. you're right. You want to add on to that? Yeah. I'll just say that on the line, we've got uh, several... Um, communities, organizations, foundations, uh, synagogues, shuls, whatever it is. That all are, who think they're coming. All right. of, not only think, they're, they're planning. They're coming. Right. Right. And the demand is skyrocketed. I yes. mean, it's, it's incredible to see. It's actually heartwarming to see the connection Yeah, now people are pining between, to get to Israel. Exactly. Jews around the world, uh, not only Jews, but especially Jews right. around the world who are just waiting, have been waiting for a year and a half to come here to Israel. Um, personally, I just want to say two days ago, Tisha B'Av at the Kotel. Um, you see people that this was their first time in a year and a half, some even more, crying, literally crying. And now they have a, two reasons to do so, Tisha B'Av right. and the fact that they haven't been here to Jerusalem, to the Kotel for so, so long. Um, it's hard to watch without crying yourself. And I'm saying this as an Israeli, as a person who has been to Jerusalem, the Western Wall, many, many times. Um, to see that, is absolutely amazing and it just makes us even more powerful with what we do and gives us more fuel to continue working hard despite 
all the challenges, and believe me, there are many. I, I don't know what your time frame is. I was told you guys are in a rush, but I have other things I wanted to tell you. <laughs> first of all, on the point, yeah, you're just made. When I was here first two weeks ago, it was the first time since I don't know when, probably since they built the new airport, that I insisted on kissing the ground of Israel because it had been such a, you know, such a disconnect. Now, you know what the problem is? <laughs> they, they, brought me, they brought me to that second level where, they, where the cabs show up, you know? <laughs> so I turn to the guy who's escorting me, and I say, you think this is actually Admat Kodesh? <laughs> like, you think the second level of the airport would be an appropriate place to do it? So I thought that was an interesting quandary to have. The other thing I learned is that uh, I met with a hotel manager today, and by the way, this vibe in Jerusalem of 99% of the hotels being Israeli is very different. You sit at breakfast and it's all Hebrew. That is very, very different, but very interesting also. Anyway, so, uh, so the hotel manager says to me that as of tomorrow, I'm sure you know this, as of tomorrow, there's a new rule in Israel that any event, wedding, bar mitzvah, of hundreds of people, you must PCR test every single person. I said to him, what did you do? You have a wedding here tomorrow night. He said, we just hired a company to come in and do 400 PCR tests. Right. And I want to respond to that and to your previous question and say that one of the things we've learned here together with our great partners, NCSY, where there's a will, there's a way. And when you believe so strongly in something and you're willing to do anything to make it happen, we've crashed down walls. We've, We've made walls come down. And you really, you create a reality sometimes with your desire and with your willpower. And there were kids that I thought were not going to be able to bring them in this summer. They didn't have permits. Right. Different countries, different states, and all that stuff. Huge stories. You know what? Everybody's here. They've all made it in. Uh, It seems like the willpower was stronger than the rules and regulations, and we figured out a way for each, every single one of them to come in and be here and to tour. And and therefore, when I look down the line, I don't know how it's going to look, and we'll be quick testing. It'll be quick um, 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 serological, rapid rapid, serological testing at the air. But I know one thing. The will to come in here is becoming stronger and stronger. And we'll work it out. We'll it sort of reminds me in our tradition how if you show uh, God that you, you have enough of it, he'll push the door through for you. If you really you know, show that you, want to, uh, that you want to do it. And, and by the way, two other things I learned today. No secret. It was Roni, the, uh, the manager at the Inbal Hotel. It's always been amazing to us in the show. And we always broadcast from there. He had two things that struck me. And you'll appreciate this based on this conversation. Firstly, the, when we first put him on the air. When the hotel was closed, or when we first were, the first time during COVID that he was on the air, when the hotel was closed, he, his attitude was that we are using the opportunity to renovate the hotel and to bring it to a different level. And it's always been at a pretty good level, but to bring it to a different level and, uh, and use this as an opportunity, which I thought was a, a, an unbelievable attitude. Anybody who during COVID was able to say, you know what, I'm going to use this opportunity to grow or to explore or to extend ourselves into other areas that we don't normally extend ourselves to. I thought it was really... A positive outlook. But the other thing he said to me was, if anybody on his staff ever says we can't do this for a customer because of COVID, then they're fired. Beautiful. He said, if you say ever, he says, this hotel will run exactly the way with every service and everything. He said, there will be one difference. Everyone has to wear a mask. That is it. Other than that, I never want to hear that you can't get this kind of fruit for a customer because it's COVID or the room can't be clean because of COVID or anything. I mean, he busted a hundred things. And I thought that you'd appreciate that attitude because it's the only way to run a business. It's the only way. Every day you're making a choice. Every business makes a choice every day. It's a choice of living or not living, of working or not working. And you can say, I'm scared, I don't know what's going to be, so I'm going to close, or I'm going to open and figure out how I'm going to do it. And that's a choice. 
And when you make, once you made that choice, that's the biggest leap of faith. After that, it's technology to figure out how to do it and in what way and in what manner. We're very fortunate. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate uh, to have a great team and to be a partner of NTSY. Uh, they, they're big believers. And, and it's just great to be here this summer and to see, to see what we're actually, how we're changing people's lives. It's, did you it's enjoy your NCSY? You know what? I did. I really More than did. usual, right? I really did. I really did. <laughs> it's a great night, that's for sure. Uh, I want to thank Aryeh Frankel, CEO of Yad Yisrael, and Yair Jablitowicz, who is Director of Client Relations for uh, Yad Yisrael. Continued success to both of you. And I hope you, uh, it, it was early, earlier, people were insinuating that you'll, uh, you'll have a big sigh of relief and take a deep breath when everyone's finally back on the plane in the middle of August. I don't know. I have a feeling you'd be working just as hard after this summer because you want to get things going already for the following year. Amen. Never stop. Good luck to you both of you, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Two of the key people from a key company that has, as we've learned over the years, that have had, have had such an important effect on the activities of NCSY uh, when the NCSY summer programs get to uh, Israel and a big yeshikach to them and continued success in their company. More coming up, everybody. It's JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning at NCSY Kolel.